0: All the games I used to play in my younger, wilder days. The game of clubs and tees never crossed my mind. But after
1: some discussion with my closest, dearest friends, I decided that... Welcome into the Turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Andrew Putters. I'm here with my buddy, senior editor at rotoballer.com, Joe Nicely. And 2021 is here. We were able to put 2020 behind us. Let's get rid of that old thing. Let's go, Joe. Uh, like I said, Joe Nicely, my partner in crime, the uh, senior golf editor at rotoballer.com. Rotoballer's got a lot of things coming to us in 2021. Go ahead and hit that early, Joe. What we got going on in 2021 at Rotoballer?
0: Yeah, man, really excited for the, for the new golf season. Um, since since Rotoballer kind of handed me the reins over there back in 2019, tried to improve every year. And uh, this year, our premium package, we're really excited. Uh, We're adding showdown articles. Uh, My guy Spencer's gonna be handling those. Uh, So really encourage you to get over there and sign up for our uh, Roto Baller PGA premium package. It's $99, Um, that's the whole season, takes to the tour championship. You can use promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, and that'll give you 10% off that. Um, But we got amazing content, Uh, lineup optimizer, PGA DFS research station that's got ownership projections, strokes gained, uh, course history, anything you need all in one spot. Um, Josh Bennett does an amazing course breakdown every week uh, and Spencer does amazing uh, betting articles. So we really hope you'll check it out. We think it's a great deal. It it winds up being a couple bucks a week, um, the price. So we, we think it's well worth that. Tons of great content and hope you'll go check it out.
1: Absolutely, uh, I guarantee you, you're not going to see an all-in-one uh, uh, plethora of information like you're going to get at RotoBaller.com anywhere else in the country. So, make sure you check that out, and also use the promo code Nice. So, like I said, 2021 is here. If y'all didn't check out last episode, go check it out. Uh, we brought in a friend from the Fancy Golf Pod and the Preferred Lines Podcast, Chad, up from way up in Minnesota. We got him on the show. Uh, he was a little—you could tell—he was a little colder up there than it was here. Anyway, we had him on to preview the 2021 season, see who we liked and stuff. Let's go ahead and get into 2021. First tournament, uh, you know, it's always kind of interesting because we're over here on the East Coast. It gets dark at 5 o'clock, and uh, they don't get started till about 5 o'clock our time. So uh, first tournament is the uh, the Century Tournament Champions played at the Plantation Course at Kapalua Resort on the island of Maui. Hawaii. So, what we know about this course, they've played there since – they played this tournament there for 1999, so this is the 21 year playing. It's a part of 73. We don't see this anywhere else on tour that I know of. Seventy five, ninety six. Um, as far as course goes, uh, it was built in 53. There's been a redo uh, not too long ago. Uh, B- B- Bermuda grass across the board, we know that. Uh, What we usually see is weather conditions, usually wet and windy there every year, Uh, especially windy. uh, It rains a lot in Hawaii, so you're going to see some of that with them. So uh, just by saying that, I mean, wet, windy, set par 73, 75, 96, this tournament has to favor the Bombers. Uh, So just course alone, Joe, go ahead. Um, Yeah,
0: man, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, Huge drives at Kapalua, kind of what it's famous for. We see monster uh, yardage off the tee. And there's drastic elevation changes, like you said, really breezy over there. So we're gonna see some some massive drives. With Bryson DeChambeau and a couple other guys, you're probably gonna see some 400 plus yard drives this week. The fairways are massive. They're very, very wide. These guys can fire away. Uh, normally mm-hmm. we see uh, the course rank is one of the easiest on the schedule. Last year it wasn't quite as easy. Um, kind of middle of the pack last year. so. Uh, the the course designers uh core and crenshaw kind of work to firm it up a little bit make it a little bit tougher for these guys but overall i uh, just going to be a, a fire away birdie fest make a ton of putts bomb it down there so it, it's going to be really fun man kind of a kind of a laid-back way to start the year off and, and really excited really looking forward to it
1: that's right um <clears throat> past champions in the field um We'll just go down the down the board here. Uh, Justin Thomas, defending champion, shot fourteen under 278 last year. Um, Xander, um, also in the field, Xander Shoffley, former winner. Uh, DJ, two-time winner. Sergio won it back in 02. Patrick Reed in 15. So that is our uh, two-time winner, JT, two-time winner, DJ. Then you have Xander, Sergio, Reed. That is the only past champions in the field. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean, other than, you know, I think, you know, you, know, you got to love past history somewhat. So, um, past champions, you know, well, we got 45 people in this field, 43 total. You got five past champions. So, it's it's t- it's a tough week, uh, you know, starting out because we're this is a no-cut event, 43 players. It's similar to the event that we uh, left you on. Well, the uh, tour championship just has 30 players, very similar style. Um, but we're gonna be needing birdie makers. So we'll just go from the top down. Uh, we'll just start, we'll jump right into this field, Joe. Um, we'll just stay 10K and above here. You got uh, three of the three of the five pass winners, DJ, JT, Rom, D Shoffley. Uh, where are you at there in TK and above?
0: Hard not to hard not to love them all, man. Really, when you when you get to diving in, all these guys are top flight players, elite players. Most of them have great course history. Um, but my eyes immediately go up to DJ. I think uh, just kind of getting the feel around the DFS industry that kind of the train of thoughts that DJ is gonna take a step back this year. Um, tough to disagree with that in, in a way because hard to imagine he keeps the pace up uh, that he closed out 2020 with. But DJ is a world-class player. He's won every year he's been on tour since 2008 except for one year. He Won this tournament twice. He's a beast. Um, so I'm looking at ownership it's very early as we're recording this but as as the week goes on I'm looking at ownership everybody's kind of lukewarm on DJ I won't hesitate at all to hop in there I feel like he's going to continue to play really really well this year Uh, drop down below him and the guy everybody's kind of talking about is Justin Thomas huge things expected for him in 2021 won twice last year won this tournament last year but you feel like he left 2020 kind of disappointed, maybe a little mad that he didn't win a major. Uh, finished first on the PGA Tour in strokes game tee to green, but the putter was was cold. Uh, I think he finished 112th in strokes game putting. That was a story a lot of weeks with JT, but you gotta figure he's very, very comfortable here and can play well. So th- those two up at the top kind of feel like a little bit tier above, though John Rahms played really well in this tournament. Kind of the news with him, a big equipment change. Uh, saw that today, he's going to Callaway. Uh, leaving TaylorMade who's been with his whole pro career. So that's kind of an interesting little nugget. We don't know, we've seen that neg- negatively affect some guys before. So it'll be interesting to see how Rom handles that, but he, he's played amazing golf and has played well here. And then Bryson DeChambeau, man, he he's gonna fire away at this golf course. It always comes down to if, if he can make some putts, um, he's gonna be hitting a ton of wedges on this golf course on, on several sharp, short par fours. Gonna be able to get to the par fives and then Xander, man. Uh, unbelievable course history. Uh, lost in a playoff here last year to JT. Should have won the tournament. Three putted in the 72nd hole last year. And the year before that, uh, he did win. He beat Gary Woodland. So Xander's uh, course history is amazing. You feel like he's gonna be pumped up for 2021. So there's not a player you don't love above 10 up there, Andrew. <laughs> you, got, you got any favorites anywhere you're, you're leaning?
1: Well, you know, uh, right out of the gate, um, you know, I, I, like we just already said that we're, we're a lot of people think that DJ is going to take a step back this year and not, not necessarily us either. However, we know he's by far the most talented player. Even his B game is probably top five in the world. However, if you look over the last five years, he's really never had a letdown here. Uh, well, considerably, I mean, tied 10th and 16th. I mean, are you kidding me? Is that is that the worst you're going to do up here, DJ? Is tied for tenth. However, if we're playing him at eleven thousand, we got to expect him to finish first. Yeah, I think I think you got to pick the winner to win to win, to do okay in DFS this weekend. So I mean, we have to think that he's going to win. So we have to basically, if we're not picking a winner in this ten k spot, we're not picking anybody. So in saying that, we're not going to go value at all at the top. We're going winner only, and. Um, for the price, I'm picking Xander at 10K. He, and I, uh, For the price, you're going to get that extra 1000 or extra 700 depending on who you pick. And also, I like the fact that he lives in Southern California. I know they're all practicing in the offseason. However, he lives in Southern California. Not sure about his personal life, but we know he's not married and has no children. Um, we're here in East Tennessee, and, uh, uh, you know, I've been stuck in – I ain't going to say begrudgingly stuck in the house, but I've been stuck in the house – for four straight days uh, over this long weekend. And, you know, uh, really getting outside just was not in the cards for me. And I know that these guys are preparing differently than that. I'm not saying that. However, I, I'm, I'm on Xander. I'm Team Xander this week, 10K.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough, tough not to love Xander um, every week, honestly, but especially on this course where he, he's been so, so good. And you feel like he's, he's going to come into this year fired up. Had a lot of near misses last year. Uh, wasn't able to grab a win in 2020. So you feel like he's going to really be motivated in 2021. This this golf course is perfect for him, and, and his results show that.
1: Absolutely. And and most likely, I mean, I'll be honest with you, if I'm putting together teams this week, I'm going on course history alone. I'm not going to, you know, recent form and all that. I mean, I understand that we, we've we talked about DJ maybe taking a step back or JT not quite reaching his his level of what he's dominance that he should be. Um, but I'm, I'm, go- we we, I feel like we can go 100% across the board, uh, course history here because I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, same players play well here every year, it seems like. Yeah.
0: It's, and it's tough too because you've got the X factor of all these guys are coming off a layoff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, some weeks we will judge a guy that's been off two or three weeks while other guys have been playing. We always want to kind of le- lean towards recent form, but we don't have that option this week. Um, we're kind of guessing and hoping and, everybody's in the same boat nobody's played in quite a while um so, so that's the x factor this week you are guessing a little bit but uh, but i hear you it's a nice week to to lean on course history
1: absolutely so uh let's move on down the uh price point then uh 98 can let's go to nine thousand and above uh can reed simpson hovland matsuyama very interesting group here uh mean you always love can't uh, just because of the stud that he is. Patrick Reed, however, plays good. He's got a couple of runner-ups and a win here. So, um, where are you at in the 9,000s?
0: Yeah, like you said, also a lot to love here. Um, If we're looking at course history, Patrick Reed's tough to ignore. Lost in a playoff here last year to JT. has another runner-up. Cantley's also played extremely well here. Uh, I think I'll lean on ownership on these two because I like both. I uh, like their upside and, and I'm gonna keep an eye on ownership. Gonna play the ownership game a lot this week, honestly. 40, 42 guys in the field, no cut. Uh, so I, I'm gonna kind of go a little bit contrarian in spots where I can. I'll keep an eye on Cantley's ownership. I feel like he might go under own this week. Uh, Reed, I feel like it's gonna be pretty popular because of the course history, but I do really like him. He makes a ton of birdies. You just kind of feel like you're always guessing with Reed statistically. Uh, Webb always comes to play. It seems like it don't matter the layout or the course, the guy just shows up. Victor Hovland's coming off a win at Myakoba. This is gonna be his debut here. So that's a little bit more of an unknown, but he's a tremendous ball striker. And you feel like these long par fours, par fives, you feel like he's gonna be able to rack up birdies. And then a guy that I'm very, very interested in, Andrew, we, we talk about course history, it's not Dustin Johnson. It's not Justin Thomas. It's not Xander Shoffley. The player with the lowest scoring average at Kapalua in the field is Adeki Matsuyama. Sixty-eight point five eight scoring average here in this tournament. Never finished worse than fourth in three starts. Finished last year second in strokes getting tee to green. There's just a lot to love except for the putter. So I, I'm, I'm back in on Hideki. hadn't been there in a while. What do you think about him, man?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got Xander highlighted. I've got, uh, I've got Patrick Reed highlighted and I've got Hideki highlighted simply from the fact of course, history alone. Uh, Cause that's what I told you already that I'm basing most of my information on for this one. And man, there's a lot to love about Hideki because, you know, here's what we got with Hideki hip he'll play like 55 holes of a tournament you're like God, how's this guy not number one in the world and then you know he'll play the other 20 like God, how's this guy on tour so uh that so i'm I, I like his game it's just it just seems like that like i mean if anybody can hit a be be eight under par going to 18 and hit one and snap hook it in the woods it's him
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of, and we can drop down to a player right below Hideki, it's kind of the Tony Finau thing, right? Uh, Excellent player, extremely consistent, the kind of guy you want on your roster, uh, but he's just not been been logging wins. I think the last time he won was in 2017 at the WGC Bridgestone. Didn't seem like he had a great year last year, honestly, but when you dig into the stats, he was actually very, very good, tee to green, excellent around the green, which is kind of surprising but the putter's just so hit and miss that, that the, that's why those wins haven't been there for Hideki. And, and you can say the same thing for Tony, a guy we've kind of went went round and round with, a guy that I really like, um, but kind of grown frustrated with because the wins aren't there. Um, so I would kind of clump Tony and, and Hideki in the same boat there, um, though I do love the course history with Hideki. And it feels like, you know, if he can get the putter going, he's handled these Bermuda greens very, very well on his previous trips, obviously. So you feel like if he can get the putter going, this this might be kind of a come out of nowhere win for him.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, I agree. It won't be coming out of nowhere because we talked about him on the the Turn Fantasy Golf Pod. But, yeah, I That's agree. Right. I agree. Dropping down to the 8,000 now, we'll go ahead and mention everybody here. 8,000, you got Abe answer. 8,100, Adam Scott, Sanjay M at 82, 83, you got Joaquin Neenum, uh, Cam Smith at 84, 85, Schaefer 86, Berger, 87 English, 88 uh, Morikawa and Fina, like you said at 89. Uh, there's a lot of talent right here. Um, and I, at first glance, I'm almost like uh, I either want to play everybody in this in this t- price range or don't want to play anybody. There's one player to me that uh, that sticks out that I will uh, will be well, I'm putting a star next to maybe two. And that's Joaquin Neenum. Um, I don't know how many times he's played here. Maybe once, probably. I think so, yeah. top, Tied for fifth. Uh, 8,300, that's pretty good value on him. I feel even in this field, um, that would be – it's not that I don't like everybody here, because I can, can totally see a, a Harris English or Daniel Berger finishing, like, second or even winning it. Um, and, you know, the the talent at and, Finau and the rest of the guys on this. I just – I think if we're going to be up – rostering guys in the 9,000s, even the 10,000s. We're not going to have any room for anybody in the 8,000s uh, on our teams. What do you think about that, Joe?
0: Yeah, really fair, really fair point. Um, you f- kind of feel like you got to pick your poison this week uh, and and get really aggressive since it is a no-cut event. But it might be a little bit contrarian to kind of lean on these 8K guys, and I think you certainly can if you want to. really a lot to lock in there, Andrew, just like you said. guy that jumps out at me is, is a guy we kind of ended the, the year down on last year. Colin Morikawa uh, won the PGA Championship. After that, things kind of settled down. Uh, didn't play extremely well. Lost strokes putting in his last four starts of 2020. Um, but I like him to bounce back. I like him to come out strong this week. Uh, if he can make some putts, I feel like the ball striking is always gonna be there with him. Strokes gain approach is a, a statistic we wanna lean on this week. And we know is one of the best iron players on tour. Had a T7 here in his debut last year. So I feel like Morikawa might go overlooked because of how he ended 2020, but I like going there. Scotty Scheffler is a bomber. Uh, You feel like this is gonna be right down his alley. It's his his debut here. And then a guy that we loved closing out 2020, Cameron Smith. How huge did that guy come up for us down the stretch last year? Had a runner up finish at the Masters. Only played here once, had a T17, but has played very, very well in Hawaii. Won the Sony Open last year and has played great in that tournament throughout his career. He's an Australian, we know they play well in the wind. So I'm really interested in Cameron Smith, uh, really picked his iron play up to close out last year. And if he can keep that going, uh, we know he's gonna make putts and, and could be a real threat this week. And then another guy that played well at the Masters and just seems to do everything well, Sungjae M. Uh You just kind of wonder, are we gonna get the Masters Sungjae or are we gonna get the post restart Sung Sungjae? And that's the only question with him, but you have to love his all around kind of game. Uh, and then as you move down, it kind of thins it out a little bit. I think the, the eight, nines, and tens are all full of excellent players. Obviously, there's good players in this field all the way down. Um, they're champions and, and made the FedEx Cup Tour Championship, so they're excellent players. But I feel eight and up is where this, this salary scale is the strongest. Uh, as we get down in the sevens, it kind of gets a little spotty.
1: I agree, but uh, I, I think as we get down the sevens, it's going to be a lot easier and like, uh, like, well, a lot easier to green light or red light somebody uh, based on their abilities, uh, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And like I said, since this field's so weak, we're going to talk about everybody. So 7,000s, uh, Ryan Palmer, 7,000, Carlos Ortiz, 7,100, Brendan Todd, 72, 73, Kokrak, 7,400, uh, Mark Leishman, Very interested in Mark Leishman, I'll tell you why. 7,500 Munoz, uh, Horschel, 76. Sergio, past winner, 77. 7,800 Kisner, 7,900 Cameron Champ. So, 7,000s, that's our group. Um, I feel like, out of the gate, number one, uh, Leishman's going to be horribly owned um, in this field, however – He's got two top tens here, and he's only 7,400. He uh, strokes gain finish here at this tournament. He is seventh in the overall field. But, I, I mean, I could see him being like 1% owned in this field. Um, that's why I pointed him out specifically. However, like I said, for me, Green Lighting, Cameron Champ, even Sergio, as bad as I even want to say it out loud, Sebastian Munoz, Mark Leishman, Crack, everybody else is a red light for me in this in this price range.
0: Yeah, you hit on a couple of the guys that I was going to touch on, Andrew. I absolutely love Mark Leishman as well. I think he's going to gain a little steam as the, as the week goes on because people are going to see the course history. Um, people are going to know that he's had a little time off to get himself reset. And he did close out 2020 with the T13 at the Masters. Certainly his best best outing since the restart. But I love Leishman. It's a terrific bounce back spot for him. He He looked like he was in for a huge year last year. Won the Farmers, a runner up at the Arnold Palmer and the COVID break, the layoff just absolutely destroyed his game. So hopefully he's found something over, over the break. Um, but I love Leishman. I think he's a great value and a, and a great spot to bounce back. Another guy you mentioned, I very, very rarely play Cameron Champ, but I'm interested this week. Um, he, he's played pretty well here. Uh, had two, two starts at Kapaloo, t T-14 and T-11. Um, uh, but he closed out strong, closed out 2020 strong. He gained, stru- game strokes Tina green, his last six starts of 2020. Bermuda's his best surface. We know that there's plenty of room for him to bomb away here. So I, I really like Cameron Champ. I think I'm on that wagon this week. Sergio, I can kind of see it, but I, you know, I don't go there myself. So he's out for me. Uh, but yeah, those are my two favorites in the seven Ks: uh, Leishman and Cam Champ. Um, I, I like Ryan Palmer a little bit what do you think about him I know you like to play Palmer
1: I do like Palmer and what's crazy is we never he, he his game never looks good on paper but somehow he finishes fourth in a tournament right I mean what has he got like three top fives at, at Torrey Pines and that golf course doesn't fit his game at all so uh, you know he's a win player though so
0: yeah. Uh, yeah yeah he's a Texas guy um the the type of guy that can get hot and just like you said post a random top five and and that's really what we're looking for down here man we're just looking for upside especially in this no cut format we're looking for upside and birdies and you can even throw carlos ortiz in there uh, if you want to start talking about some gpp plays with upside carlos ortiz uh the guy could finish dead last or he could win this thing and that's that's the truth um, so I I feel like Palmer and Ortiz there to close out the seven K range are really interesting, uh, and then when you get down below the sevens, there's not a ton that I love. Even though this is a no cut event, we're we're not scared to be aggressive. We actually want to be aggressive, um, but there's just not a ton down there that jumps out at me. I, I hope you can throw some names my way, man, because <laughs> nobody's really uh, nobody's really jumping out under seven.
1: Okay, let's read off the six thousands. Then Rich Lewinsky six grand, Richard Streb six grand. Brian Gay and uh Swafford at 6100 6200 Nick Taylor I don't even know who this Landry guy is that's how bad it is. And is it Andrew Landry? Yep. Andrew, Andrew Landry. Landry, you know you know Andrew Landry. <laughs> Andrew Landry at 6300 Martin Laird 64 Michael Thompson uh, 65 Stewart Sink my man 6600 Kevin can't ain't got a prayer this week. Nah, 6700 uh, McKenzie Hughes, 68, Lanto Griffin, 69. I got a few names I'll throw out there to you. Um, what we know about Nick Taylor is he's a ball striker, but he's not a scorer. So uh, I wouldn't say that he's a green light or nothing, but uh, I, don't, I don't hate him at 6,200. If you're having to fill a spot down here at 63 or less, he is definitely the one I would pick over the other six. Uh, a guy that is who is going to be easily the the number one value play in my opinion this week is Martin Laird 6400 plays well here hits the ball a long ways uh, makes a lot of birdies on long courses uh, courses wide open like this he can just bomb away so I uh, like Martin Laird here unfortunately we never know when the when the the mid 2000 Martin Laird is going to show up or the guy that can't literally make a one footer is going to show up so. Other than that, Mackenzie Hughes to me is kind of a high flyer along with Lanto Griffin. Those are the other two that I would even consider putting in there. But Martin Laird is easily the – if you're putting your chips in on anybody down here in the 6,000s, it's got to be him.
0: Yeah, uh, good call. I like Martin Laird. Um, if, if I feel like you're throwing darts down here anyway. Um, so I'd rather rather go with the guy that actually has some upside. We're not worried about missing the cut or, or really finishing position. We, we're looking for – for guys that can make birdies and, and have a chance to compete in this thing. And, and Laird does kind of stick out. Lanto Griffin down there. We know he's a quality player. Um, never seems to get a ton of pricing respect DraftKings wise. Um, so I wouldn't mind a bit going with Lanto down there. Mackenzie Hughes, uh, the, guy, the guy never grades that well statistically but he just consistently posted good finishes down the stretch last season. Um, made it to the FedEx uh, Cup Tour Championship and that's why he's here. So all these guys can play. There's no doubt about it. But no no plays are really jumping out at me right now down there, man. So I, I agree with you. Kind of pick your poison. Uh, if you want to get aggressive, throw one of these guys in there. But I, I think you can make some really good lineups, 7K and up this week. Uh, even though that's a no cut, that's probably the, probably the line I'll be taking.
1: I got you. So we're going to move into our last segment of the show, and that is the uh, unofficial official Where's Your Heart At This Week. The heart play, heart yeah. The heart play. play. You know, we used to. I used to kind of throw a vet out at the end. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Hey, this this seemed to catch on. So, the heart play of the week for me. If you know, if I'm if I'm picking who we think is going to win, it's. Uh, I like two players uh, at the price that they're at, and I actually think one of them's a little bit overpriced. I think I think one of them should be a little bit higher, but I still like it where it is. And that's just because his ability to win this tournament. Patrick Reed sixteen to one. I think it should probably be twenty to one is where I've got it. But uh, I still think his ability to win is probably inside that sixteen to one. Probably more like ten to one. Uh, if he plays in this course ten times, he's he's going to win it. So that's the one. And definitely the easily for me the uh, most uh, the best odds that you can get on a player's uh, more Cal or twenty eight to one. Uh, I'm all I will I will be all over that. So. More Cow twenty eight to one, Patrick Reed sixteen to one. I imagine the More Cow could come down, maybe not because he's not going to get much hype this week with the big dogs in there. But I mean, you got to love his game on this field. Chipping is not going to be an issue here.
0: Yeah, I, I touched on More Cow there, man. I, I do really like him this week, so I'm, he's my heart play as well. Um, both from a DFS perspective, and like you said, I, th- I think he's a great bet in in this field where we don't have. Great odds because it is such a short stack field. Um Morikawa sticks out as a good bet to me. So I'm going with Morikawa and the other the other heart plays, Leishman's bouncing back this week. I, I'm calling a top ten and I like Cameron Champ. Um uh, I, I never play him, I'm kind of kind of pumped to roster him this week. So uh Morikawa Champ Leishman.
1: There you go, folks. So that uh this is gonna be our show for the opening century tournament champions um week uh for the east coast guys it's going to be good to get off work have some dinner sit on the couch maybe have a few drinks watch the tournament that's usually what i do uh i mean it seems like hey the the coverage don't come on till 6 eastern i think does that sound about right Um,
0: yeah man yeah man i love 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 this time of year we get we get knocked off
1: absolutely and just like joe said um stay tuned Look, uh, if you're going to be a premium subscriber this year we're going to have stuff every day to read now you can get on early get, wake up wake up early drink you some coffee read the article and uh, fire away on those uh, those one day events anything yeah, else you want to say on the door joe
0: yeah just that man we really hope you'll check out our uh, premium package over at roto baller hope you'll take advantage of all the great stuff over there super pumped to be back glad you guys are joining us we hope you'll uh, like and share on youtube subscribe give us five stars on uh, apple podcast uh, we're trying to build this thing up for you we love doing it can't wait to get into the season with you so thanks for thanks for checking us out
1: absolutely all right guys this is, i'm andrew powers that's joe nicely senior editor at rotoballer.com the turn fancy golf podcast that see y'all Already here 3 in the lake It's gonna drive me It's gonna drive me.